Part Two, Chapter Nine of Eight Hundred Leagues on the Amazon. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Christine. Eight Hundred Leagues on the Amazon by Jules Verne. Part Two, The Cryptogram. Chapter Nine: The Second Attempt. On the morrow, the twenty-seventh of August, Benito took Manuel apart before the sun had risen and said to him, "Our yesterday's search was vain. If we begin again under the same conditions, we may be just as unlucky." "We must do so, however," replied Manuel. "Yes," continued Benito. "But suppose we do not find the body." Can you tell me how long it will be before it rises to the surface? If Torres answered Manuel had fallen into the water living and not mortally wounded, it would take five or six days. But as he only disappeared after being so wounded, perhaps two or three days would be enough to bring him up again. This answer of Manuel, which was quite correct, requires some explanation. Every human body which falls into the water will float. If equilibrium is established between its density and that of its liquid bed, this is well known to be the fact, even when a person does not know how to swim. Under such circumstances, if you are entirely submerged and only keep your mouth and nose away from the water, you are sure to float. But this is not generally done. The first movement of a drowning man is to try and hold as much as he can of himself above the water. He holds up his head and lifts up his arms, and these parts of his body, being no longer supported by the liquid, do not lose that amount of weight which they would do if completely immersed. Hence, an excess of weight, and eventually entire submersion, for the water makes its way to the lungs through the mouth, takes the place of the air which fills them, and the body sinks to the bottom. On the other hand, when the man who falls into the water is already dead. The conditions are different and more favorable for his floating, for then the movements of which we have spoken are checked, and the liquid does not make its way to the lungs so copiously as there is no attempt to respire, and he is consequently more likely to promptly reappear. Manuel then was right in drawing the distinction between the man who falls into the water living and the man who falls into it dead. In the one case, the return to the surface takes much longer than in the other. The reappearance of the body after an immersion more or less prolonged is always determined by the decomposition which causes the gases to form. These bring about the expansion of the cellular tissues. The volume auments and the weight decreases, and then, weighing less than the water it displaces, the body attains the proper conditions for floating. And thus continued Manuel, supposing the conditions continue favorable, and Torres did not live after he fell into the water. If the decomposition is not modified by circumstances which we cannot foresee, he will not reappear before three days. We have not got three days," answered Benito. "We cannot wait, you know. We must try again and in some new way." "What can you do?" answered Manuel. "Plunge down myself beneath the waters," replied Benito, "and search with my eyes, with my hands." "Plunge in a hundred times, a thousand times," exclaimed Manuel. "So be it." I think, like you, that we ought to go straight at what we want and not struggle on with poles and drags like a blind man who only works by touch. 
I also think that we cannot wait three days. But to jump in, come up again, and go down again, will give only a short period for the exploration. No, it will never do, and we shall only risk a second failure. Have you no other plan to propose, Manuel? asked Benito, looking earnestly at his friend. Well, listen, there is what would seem to be a providential circumstance that may be of use to us. What is that? Yesterday, as we hurried through Manaus, I noticed that they were repairing one of the quays on the bank of the Rio Negro. The submarine works were being carried on with the aid of a diving dress. Let us borrow or hire or buy at any price this apparatus, and then we may resume our researches under more favorable conditions. Tell Araujo, Fragoso, and our men, and let us be off, was the instant reply of Benito. The pilot and the barber were informed of the decision with regard to Manuel's project. Both were ordered to go with the four boats and the Indians to the basin of Frias, and there to wait for the two young men. Manuel and Benito started off without losing a moment, and reached the quay at Manaus. There they offered the contractor such a price that he put the apparatus at their service for the whole day. "'Will you not have any of my men?' he asked, to help you. "'Give us your foreman and one of his mates to work the air pump,' replied Manuel. "'But who is going to wear the driving dress?' "'I am,' answered Benito. "'You!' exclaimed Manuel. I intend to do so. It was useless to resist. An hour afterwards the raft and all the instruments necessary for the enterprise had drifted down to the bank where the boats were waiting. The diving dress is well known. By its means, men can descend beneath the waters and remain there a certain time without the action of the lungs being in any way injured. The diver is clothed in a waterproof suit of India rubber, and his feet are attached to leaden shoes which allow him to retain his upright position beneath the surface. At the collar of the dress, and about the height of the neck, there is fitted a collar of copper, on which is screwed a metal globe with a glass front. In this globe the driver places his head, which he can move about at his ease. To the globe are attached two pipes, one used for carrying off the air ejected from the lungs, and which is unfit for respiration, and the other in communication with the pump, walked on the raft and bringing in the fresh air. When the diver is at work, the raft remains immovable above him. When the diver moves about on the bottom of the river, the raft follows his movements, or he follows those of the raft according to his convenience. These diving dresses are now much improved, and are less dangerous than formerly. The man beneath the liquid mass can easily bear the additional pressure, and if anything was to be feared below the waters, it was rather some caiman who might there be met with. But as had been observed by Araujo, not one of these amphibians had been seen, and they are well known to prefer the black waters of the tributaries of the Amazon. Besides, in case of danger, the diver has always his check-string fastened to the raft, and at the least warning can be quickly hauled to the surface. Benito, invariably very cool once his resolution was taken, commenced to put his idea into execution, and got into the diving dress. His head disappeared in the metal globe, his hand grasped a sort of iron spear with which to stir up the vegetation and detritus accumulated in the riverbed, and on his giving the signal he was lowered into the stream. The men of the raft immediately commenced to work the air pump, while four Indians from Jachangada 
under the orders of Araujo, gently propelled it with their long poles in the desired direction. The two pirogues, commanded one by Fragoso, the other by Manuel, escorted the raft, and held themselves ready to start in any direction, should Benito find the corpse of Torres and again bring it to the surface of Amazon. End of chapter 9 The Second Attempt